Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Deep Roots at Home, and I have Jackie again with me today. We, um, in our last podcast, we were hearing Jackie's powerful, amazing testimony, um, and just her heart for those that have had abortions, those that have had similar backgrounds to what she has gone through and how the Lord got a hold of her after um, just some very difficult um, and troubling, you know, childhood and how the Lord came and rescued her out of that. And there's so much that Jackie has to share with us. So we're breaking this up into um, two to three podcasts. And um And so we're just going to get right started. We're going to jump right into it. And um, we have some questions um, that some specific questions that I wanted to ask Jackie based on her experiences, because I think that that um, these lessons that that the Lord has taught her can can really minister to a lot of people. So, um, you know, Jackie was very open um, about uh, about her abortion and even how she feels that not only did it give her psychological damage, but uh, gave her infertility for many years. And uh, Jackie, you said it was 20 years of being married before you were able to have your first baby. Is that right? Mm-hmm. We were married. We were married December 28th of 73. And our mm-hmm. oldest son was born January of 91. Okay. So, so- approximately 20 years. So going back to that first abortion, um, what were some of the things that, what are some of the things that maybe were root causes of, of what made you vulnerable to even considering an, an abortion? You know, do you feel like you had too low a view of yourself? Did you feel like you um, just, you know, had not been given the value of life? Like, what are some of the things that we can teach our children to combat? those, those temptations? Wow. That's a lot of, a lot of questions in there, but I think the thing that allowed me to, I mean, obviously I knew the value of life in my head, Uh but in my heart, I hadn't, I wasn't able to apply the head knowledge that I was given because it wasn't a personal, I hadn't internalized it you know, like when you come to the Lord, you start to internalize his teachings and they Mm -hmm. become part of you and you want to honor him. But I did not, I, I knew about Jesus as a person and his teachings, but I had not internalized them. So when I went off to nursing school, I went to a great high school. So not hardly anything really started there. It was, you know, just right out of out of home, move, moving away with other people who were um, very, uh, I just wanted to be like them. I was 
because of my relationship with my dad was very poor. I had a very low self-image and I did not feel uh, valuable. Mm-hmm. I did not. And I know, I know millions of women, <laughs> I'm speaking probably to everybody. We don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we're enough. We don't feel like, um, you know, and especially if somebody has a very high expectation of you, you want to please them. So you go in a direction to kind of check all the boxes, but actually, you know, you do things that you would never do if you felt worthy. So parents, mothers and fathers, we need to love our children for who they are and tell them that you're precious, you're beautiful, you're wonderful. You make me happy. You make me laugh. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we just, we sometimes, we just go through life gritting our teeth, you know, trying to get, take care of the most important things. But we don't really sit down and look into our children's eyes and say, man, have I told you lately how wonderful you are to my heart? Be good for my heart. You know, just a real open, honest, you know, and, I mean, you have to kind of learn that sometimes if you don't have it growing up, you know, but, um, yeah, then I went off to nursing school. Honestly, I had so many experiences with some of the nursing teachers. I had really, really good ones. And I had some that were really, really bad. And, you know, I don't mean that I didn't learn. I learned a ton. I mean, I, I learned medicine, but I didn't, you know, it was, there were overtones of getting somewhere, you know, getting degrees, moving up, having power in the system. And, and that is very powerful to someone who doesn't know really who they are yet. Right. And so that's why our children are so vulnerable. They're so, so vulnerable if they haven't got the self-worth and, you know, that's why we pray for our grandchildren. We have four grandchildren now and one more on the way. And it's like, we're praying for those children to come to the Lord early so that they have a sense of right and wrong and can internalize God's word instead of just learn it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thought. I'm wondering, um, and we haven't even talked about this before the podcast, but recently this whole um this whole big thing about um, Roe v. Wade being being overturned. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think the effect of Roe v. Wade has had on our culture and on our families? But also, what do you think about this possible overturn? Well, I'm really praying that the Lord will lower temperatures because I think that people who feel like my body, my choice, you know, they really do believe that they've been taught that indoctrinated in a way to believe that, you know, no matter what, it's just a piece of tissue. It's not a real life. And even if it were, because now, I mean, they know right up to the day of birth, you know, they know that's a baby, but it's inconvenient. And I mean, honestly, the, the, the powers that be would love to have all of us absolutely live for ourselves. And, you know, just go by what our feelings are instead of what, you know, I mean, the reality is, is if when we devalued life and we put it into codified law in 1973, the year we were married, that, you know, life is not something to protect. It's something to exterminate. 
Mm-hmm. That pulled our culture a whole lot. And that, you know, honestly, the government is a protector of people, but in, you know, when the people are invaluable and a lot of those babies were girls, you know, so the feminists, mm-hmm. were they up in arms? Absolutely not. Right. You know, they looked at it from a different perspective that, you know, I don't really care if it's a girl or a boy because it's really not alive. And I really, right. I'm a woman and I want my way. So, but yeah, um, I remember that, that whole time leading up to that, there were marches, you know, um, bra burnings, things that, you know, I walked in and, you know, of course, um, Vietnam war protests and stuff. <clears throat> we just did what became culturally acceptable. And I think that, you know, someone who didn't, and even some who did have the Lord, you know, were all drawn into that. It was an incredibly powerful time um, of feeling like we're emancipated from, you know, God's laws. And yet, yeah. looking back, God's laws are what keep us safe from ourselves. <laughs> right. You know, and I mean, our world today is a wonderful reflection of what happens when we follow our own way. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You know, we're just we're reaping the rewards of all of our, you know, all of our misdeeds and sins and selfishness and, and not speaking up too. I didn't speak up for life. I took a life and I helped others take a life. And mm-hmm. I, I do, I regret that greatly, mm-hmm. but I don't judge because I mean, you know, you, you just have to realize that God has a story for each one of us. And sometimes he does allow these things. Um, and he can turn them for good. He really can. And you know, just thinking about, I was able to tell our children at some point, um, there's a, a writer named Frank Peretti, who wrote a book named Tilly, T-I-L-L-I-E. I have read and that. It was in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we listened to that in an audio book several times mm-hmm. when the kids were eight and 10. I have two that are with the same age twins. And then our oldest was two years older. And so I didn't tell them directly, but I played the book Tilly and the Lord orchestrated that like, cause I would never have thought of that, but I listened to it first and thought this is absolutely appropriate for what I have gone through. And I'm just going to play it and let them ask questions. I'm not going to answer anything more than what is sort of like talking, you know, the heaven talks about, you know, sexual, Right. Um, information. Don't answer more than they ask. And so our youngest son said, Mommy, did you ever have an abortion? And mm. I just started bawling like a baby. And oh. I said, I did. I wanted you to hear this because oh. it is so, it is so exactly what I have lived. And I so, I'm so sick about it. And it's broken my heart. And I can't tell you even how, how hard it is to even tell you this, but the Lord used that time. It's sort of like preparing for this podcast. I said, Lord, use my words and give me the Spirit's words. Well, he did with those kiddos. And mm. I think in some ways that has helped them to, you know, you don't want to tell them too much because you don't want them to start thinking about things that are, you know, right. like kids are being told in school today. They're not equipped to hear those things. 
They're yes. not equipped. And so I didn't yep. want to harm our children, but I also didn't want them to get to a place where they wouldn't have a tender heart to hear it. Mm-hmm. So, right. And only, right. only what they needed to know. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. Wow. But I also have to speak to about lives in my, in, in my circles, one doctor who I dearly loved, who helped me in my way. Um, I won't mention his name, but I, I know his sons who are both physicians and they're both just, they love the Lord like their daddy did, but he was one of the surgeons that I worked for through the hospital. And I walked into a patient's room one evening in prep for a surgery and he was in there reading his little pocket Bible to that person, patient. And he never talked about things boldly in front of, in the OR, but you knew he loved everyone. He loved his patients. And he would have never done some of the monkey business that's going on today in the hospital. He would have never participated in that. But he planted a lot of seeds in my life. Um, and I'll never forget a surgery that we were doing an open heart surgery and we used a sternal saw back then when we were doing, you know, literally open heart, it wasn't stents or anything like that. The sternal saw caught the um, pericardium of the heart and ripped it and pulled it, the muscle into the blade and it didn't shut off like it was supposed to when it hit soft tissue. Um, anyhow, the heart was pierced and, uh, and we hadn't paddled the heart yet and stopped to stop it to work on the, you know, on the muscle. And the pressure from the heart and the, you know, the systolic pressure pushed all the blood all the way up to the ceiling of the OR suite and back drown, dr dripping down on oh. my friend's head. Knocked oh. his glasses off. It pushed his, you know, we were all, we had hel like helmets, but they're paper mm -hmm. um, and masks. And we were all being dripped on by blood. Oh. And this man was, you know. Uh, laying on the table in a sterile field that was no longer sterile with a heart that, you know, hadn't been, we had to really work fast. We were in there for about 12 hours and we did, he did live. But I remember, I'll call him John because his first name was John. I'll remember him literally taking a deep breath and praying out loud, <laughs> Lord, I need your help right now. <laughs> and it was like, oh my goodness. And he was, I mean, he was like, he had tears in his eyes because he felt like he killed this man. And um, yet the Lord allowed him to live and he, Praise he the Lord. recovered beautifully. <laughs> I so, want a, I want a doctor like that. If I have to be cut open on the I table, know. I want a doctor that will pray like that. <laughs> we need, we need doctors like that today. So mm -hmm. if you're a mm -hmm. medical person, you know, <laughs> consider if you're going in the wrong direction but <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyhow oh. fight for your patients fight for their lives you know mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. anyhow I feel like I've had to unlearn a ton of stuff in medicine but I've often asked myself was that a good thing to go into you know to nursing because I did um I mean I'm if anybody follows my blog very much I'm not really into a lot of um, pharma meds. I'm into natural right. stuff, right? Because I've just seen way too much that's not helpful, and yet um, I learned the basics. And just kind of scary how there has um, been such a push to 
um, close down knowledge on God's gifts to us in the way of natural medicine and to promote, you know, follow the money, you know, pharma drugs for everything, much to the detriment of our kids, you know, who get on these drugs, even toddlers. And I know um, through other, other medical people, babies that are put on anti-anxiety drugs, mm-hmm. and it's getting more and more common. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no wonder our kids were in such a state. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well-baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. Let's talk a little bit about how all of this has affected your parenting. You mentioned that your dad um, disciplined you, but he disciplined you in anger. So he mm-hmm. was in, in many ways, he was abusive with, with his discipline. Did this make you mm-hmm. not want to discipline your own children How did this, you know, how did it affect your parenting? Good, good question, because I did struggle with that, because I have, we did spank our children, and there was a a very short period of time where I was even telling our daughter, who's got a little, like a toddler in her twos, you know, sometimes you just literally, you get so angry, you got to walk out of the room Uh (laughs) and Uh get control of your, get control of yourself, you know? Yeah. I feel that um, all of our children um, had biblical corporal punishment at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, I think, primarily when they were really young, when Mm -hmm. it meant something to them. And we could talk about the consequences of their action or whatever. But yeah, I, I really, and I even told our kids, I said, with my history with my dad, you know, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to deal with this later. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. there were times I had to withdraw and think about it and pray about it and come up with a solution that wasn't just one driven out of um, frustration or why don't you ever listen, <laughs> you know, or something right, like that. Right, right, right. Because but I'm kind the, of, a, you know. Did you ever feel like the t- temptation to swing towards the side of not disciplining because of it, you know, even. Permissiveness? Yes. And, and no. now there's this really no. big push in the gentle parenting to where it's like, I I was listening to another podcast the other day and somebody was talking about how the error of how gentle parenting will say your child doesn't is, is too young to know how to share until they're well out of their toddler years, too young to know how to control their behavior and just this permissiveness. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely destructive. And I think that that's one of the big puzzle pieces of the problems today. Um, we see permissiveness, materialism, and this, I'm just throwing some things out that I thought about. Um, indoctrination in schools, um, parents not asking their children to help them clean up their own messes and mm-hmm. be participants in a, a functioning family. 
Um, but permissiveness, I think, and allowing a child to have their head, it's sort of like I'm, I have a background in writing. And if you let the horse have his head, he'll throw you off his back, you know, and he'll maybe mm-hmm. run you under a tree or something, <laughs> or th- you know, or try to jump yeah. the fence and throw you off just to, you know, because he wants his head. And mm-hmm. it's the time to train your child up in the Lord is when they are young. There's no guarantees, but, you know, I mean, it, it's like my husband, his parents spanked him maybe a dozen times when he was really young. He doesn't even remember, but he gained, they gained his respect, you know, not in a terrible way, you know what I'm saying? But they knew that he knew that his mom and dad, when they said something, they meant it. And right. then when he did get older and he had his head and he was, he had a sweet submission to his mom and dad. And he always did mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think in large part, because they, um, they got his attention really young and they didn't need to spank a lot, you know, right. and only for, right. there were very few times when he even got to a place where he needed anything. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's just temperament. I think that that, you know, of course, every child's temperament's different and needs to be, you know, they don't come with instructions when they're mm-hmm. born, but. So I yeah, I do yeah. have some I I would like to write about it, but I don't know how to articulate it. But and plus I'm not sure I want to go there in this culture, writing mm-hmm. about corporal punishment. Yeah, but I know our children greatly benefited from what the Lord you know helped me and right. through. Right. Um. Although I was not perfect in that, there were times when, you know, I just I would yell. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I, I wrote down a number of scriptures. I had scriptures, simple ones, for almost everything, and I had them in a spiral binder. I still have it today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always ended with, you know, I love you a lot. And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't even I would right. just turn my back and walk away. That's because right. I've got a lot of important things I'm doing. You know, why would I yeah. take my time to try to train you and civilize you? Right. You know, so you can live in in, in a community with other people. And I yeah. think they got that. I really do so. think children know. They know when you're disciplining out of love. And, you know, mm-hmm. the Bible says no ch- chasing is pleasant at the time. But afterwards works that fruit. And, you know, my husband, after he was converted, he went back and he thanked his parents for spanking him. You know, and, mm-hmm. our, and our own children now that are grown they will say, you know, you spent, you loved me and they knew that, that they were loved. Mm-hmm. So, um, it goes right along with all of the wrong views of love in our culture anyways, you know, as far as what is true love, is it this romantic, you know, lust, or is it true, you know, God-given, um, biblical first Corinthians love, you know, and, um, servanthood love. Mm-hmm. servanthood of love yeah and and doing what's best for the other person not what feels right at the time you know so um exactly. it, it pervades i think in so many ways into so many areas of our life i was thinking um about asking you what you would say to a few different people 
And the first person that I would ask, what would you, what would you say to the woman that's listening to this that has had an abortion? And she, you know, she's really suffering because of it. And she is um, just finding that as, as she has um, realized what she's done, she's just not, not sure what to do or how to, what's the best, how would you help somebody on the road to recovery from after an abortion? Hmm. Well, knowing that you're not being judged is really important. So you need to um, find someone who you can trust to talk to. I think I'm getting ahead of myself though, because I'm thinking of, I think it's Romans 8, 28 for there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And knowing that you can be forgiven and you don't have to live and carry that burden because that's why Christ came in the first place is to take our burdens away. So first confess your sins, confess it, turn from anything that, you know, is a continuation of that lifestyle and just ask the Lord to show you the steps. Just ask for wisdom, like in James 1, 5, because he doesn't, you know, when we ask, he doesn't laugh at us. He doesn't um, fight us or scorn, you know, have scorn for us. He really, he wraps us into his arms and he says, I will forgive you when we're really sincere. And when you ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you because I'm like your daddy, but mm-hmm. a good daddy, not, not necessarily like my daddy. And we have to separate that in this culture. It's hard because there are a lot of daddies who weren't good dads. And that's what people think God is. It's like their father of earth. <clears throat> but I, I would say um, to know that you are loved by someone who understands your deepest hurts. Um, and he doesn't want you to carry them. He wants you to walk to him. He says when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And so... Sometimes we just have to realize that we need God. We need a savior. And so if you can find somebody who is, you, you know, especially somebody who knows the Lord already. And that's one of the reasons why I want to be open about what I've gone through. Because <clears throat> I don't want to be intimidating to somebody. I want to be an open vessel where somebody can find, you know, a kind word and, and encouragement. So look for someone like that, and you, it might surprise you. Ask the Lord to lead you to someone if you don't know anybody like that. Um, it's hard to give that trust if you don't have a lot of trust in people. But I know that the Lord can lead. So I think too, open you'll open get a Bible, get a good Bible, mm-hmm. um, and read the Book of John. I am the way and the truth and the life. Mm-hmm. No one comes to the Father but by me. And he's he's there for us. And he wants he wants us to cry out to him and tell him, if you are a parent and are listening to this, don't you want your children to come to you mm-hmm. and crawl up on your lap and tell you what's in their heart? Right. And when we do that, he's he will never reject us. <clears throat> he won't. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm kinda <clears throat> got a little allergies here going, but and then getting tears in my eyes makes me get a frog in my throat. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's but beautiful. We, realize we are really loved that he 
he really will, he'll minister to us. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will minister to you. So, and thinking about the journey a little bit, we, um, in our wanting to have children and not being able to, we tried to have, uh, we tried adoption and we had, we, that this part's on the blog, a little, just a snippet of it, but we had two adoption attempts that failed and the Lord actually closed the door. Um, we didn't, the people didn't close us out, but we just felt like the Lord was saying no and to wait. And so we mm. did. So when we seek for his, his um, leading, it could be hard. I mean, I think that was very hard because when our oldest son, when I found out it was pregnant with him, that the surgery had worked. I had just lost his sibling because we lost his twin. And then we got a call about three months from his due date saying, your baby has been born. And I had to say, we're pregnant because we broke the contact contract with Bethany Life Services at that time. Mm. And I had to say we're pregnant and turn down a baby that we had waited in that because that adoption took two and a half years. It would have been told from the time that we set up because it was with South Korea and they were closing the doors at that time. And so when we, it was all green light go when we signed up and went through the home study and everything. But then gradually, that first year into that, they started closing the doors and less and less children were available for adoption. And since we'd been on the list so long, <laughs> we were one of the first ones when they did get a couple children that they notified. And here we were three months out from our due date and that automatically broke the contract with them. Mm-hmm. So that was one. And, and then I'll tell you a really fun story. Um, the pastor of the church where I came to know the Lord <laughs> Tommy Pano and his wife Sandy um, they came to us because everybody in the church was praying for us to have children we'd gone on some mission trips with them and people in Guatemala and Panama <laughs> and Nicaragua were, were praying for us and uh, when we finally had well that okay anyhow Tommy and Sandy came to us and said there is a little girl who's a 16 year old who's pregnant and her child will be up for adoption. We immediately thought of you. Would you be interested? And I said, well, yes, um, but let's just to be careful, let's pray about it. And they came over for dinner and we talked about it and we're all excited. Well, the next couple of weeks, it was like the Lord was saying no. And I was just mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. What? You know, why? And am I hearing you right? This is not right. You know, there's a, and Tommy and Sandy said, we'd just be perfect for this little one. It's going to be a little boy, sound like. And so anyhow, it was a clear no. And I told my husband, I said, I don't feel like I'm supposed to move forward with it. And then he prayed about it. And he got the same feeling shortly after that. We had them back over for dinner. And we had the hard task of telling them that we were not going to adopt this child because we felt like the Lord was saying no. And he looked at Sandy, his wife, and then he looked at me and Frank, and he said, okay, if that's from the Lord, then we need to respect that. Well, Uh 
they called us up a couple day a couple weeks later and said, "Guess what? Guess what? We're going to adopt that baby." <laughs> <laughs> because they had wanted to adopt, they were sort of like vacillating and so then they, they thought you'll be perfect for this baby and then they said it, it was so weird even sitting there I had this hair raising experience sitting at your table the Lord was saying that's going to be your baby the oh, pastor wow. and his wife oh wow <laughs> and when and do you know was born he looks just like his daddy oh like our pastor. <laughs> oh that is so sweet so it was so amazing how God and my heart was comforted and I knew that yeah. I was listening to him and heard him right right so just little things yeah. like that the Lord leads anybody who trusts Jesus they will never be disappointed mm-hmm. wow <laughs> so all right so I told you there was a couple of different people the next person I'm wondering what you would say um, is I'm thinking of the homeschool mom who has a lot of little children right now and she is very weary, but they want, they are homeschooling for the very reasons that you talked about. They want to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And this mom is trying to be faithful in her parenting and in her discipline, but the day in and the day out is just so exhausting. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of your listeners in that situation. So before we finish this podcast, I would love for you to just speak an encouraging word to those, those mamas out there as well. Okay. I think that what I would say and what I've, you know, our, all of our um, daughter and daughter-in-laws, um, I believe will be homeschooling. I know too, for sure. I'm not sure about the other one, but um, there are so many reasons to homeschool now. I had a, a little motto that I said all those years to myself and to other people occasionally pay now or pay later. And it was like, sounds very cliche pay now or pay later. But honestly, if you look at life, if you don't put in the time, you're never going to get the rewards and you have to just, you know, life is tiring no matter what. Um, I would rather be tired now <laughs> mm -hmm. than and be exhausted and miserable and regretful later. In other words, yeah. think about the rewards and what the regrets could be. You know, I mean, if they're telling your kids, our kids, children in general, in, in a lot of schools, even, a, even some of the private schools, that, you know, your parents don't know what they're talking about, sooner or later you're going to lose your child, their heart. Yeah, yeah. And the way to, way to keep that heart is to build bridges and to um, be the one to, that helps them to read. read a, there's so many things you can do to make life easier. You don't have to sit at a table. We had our homeschool done before noon usually, and they were out playing and running on the land and helping with the farm and um, chasing ducks and, you know, <laughs> goats and things like that and collecting eggs, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, and I know not everybody's out on a farm either, but there are things that you can do. We had something called Tuesday Travelers, where we would go on uh, little places as a, a little co-op, and we would go and do, um, we'd go to like the water, um, the water supply company, or what do you call it, the waterworks in your town or whatever, and, you know, go visit a dentist and ask him if, you know, your group can... 
um, little field listen trips. in as he field trip. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. think of it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just just find like minded people, and mm-hmm. like minded is very key because if you're finding people who are kind of like okay, but then your children are you know there's other levels of indoctrination. Right. <laughs> you know you have. You know, a lot of prayer goes into that and a lot of asking for wisdom, but the Lord will make a way. And even financially, um, you know, there was part of me that um, I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to live nicely. And so, but boy, when I had our children, I was like all about, I didn't care how I lived per se, but how, how I could minister and raise my kids. Mm-hmm. So. That's something you ha- each person has to work out. You have to work it out with your husband. You have, you know, everything, you know, where you live and, you know, a lot of things factor into that. But I would say if the Lord is for you, there's no one who can be against you. And even lack of losing a job and a lot of jobs are really, you need just need to walk away, <laughs> you know, if they're not keeping you close to the Lord or if they're, you know, I know a number of nurses now who are, have walked away from their job because they, a lot of nurses, because they were being asked to do things that they could not do right. because they were not ethical. Right. And so I don't care what you do. If you have a job, you have to work that out. But ask the right. Lord how, and he'll show you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't, I don't so, know if that was a really good answer or a very no, complete answer. It, it was a very good answer. And remembering that the, the days are long, but the years are short is, is also something yeah. that, you know, it feels at the time to be so long, but in the grand scheme of things, it's such a short time. And especially mm-hmm. the formative years, those little, little years are, they go by. Oh my so goodness, yeah. And um, yeah. uh, I, I think taking it, time to be in the word with your children is so important because if they oh, don't hear the word of God, it's sort of like handling a, a counterfeit dollar bill. You don't know if it's counterfeit or not. And they're going to have a lot of counterfeit stuff thrown at them. And if they have, you know, I think if I hadn't been raised to know the word of God, I would never, I mean, other than the grace of God, I would never have come to him because things didn't, things rang true to me at some point, And I remembered what I had been taught. And yeah. that was very valuable in my walk anyhow. Oh, yeah, it's in so. there when you have instilled in them the truth it it you know no matter what the devil throws um and the world comes at our young people that word of god is there and you we never know what kind of fruit it bring down the road and and you know i think um remembering too that this is not a life of ease i think that that's something i personally have had to really that is we kind of have this view in the world's view is that we are living for the next vacation or we're living for the Mm -hmm. next entertainment for till the end of the day when I can sit down and watch my TV show or till, till the weekend we're living Mm -hmm. for the, we look at Mondays as being so negative because work is negative. And, but we're about, (laughs) we're about laboring. But yeah. And God gave us work. And actually, if we find work that we love, then it's very satisfying. Yeah. And when you love your children, that's, there's going to be satisfaction in that. I do remember days, though, when I said, okay, and I hated school buses when I was a kid. I hated them because they always smelled like vomit 
in just, you know, I felt claustrophobic in them, but I always threatened her kids. If you, if you keep pushing, you know, for this or that, I'm going to send you to school on a school bus. <laughs> and they always straightened up and flew right for another couple, three months. <laughs> my, my children, my husband used to see a school bus and call it a roach. And he'd be like, they're, they're horrible. The there are oh the school roaches. Well, too. Yeah, I remember my my one of my um, sisters-in-law told me about what happened to her girls on a school bus, and ever since mm-hmm. then, it sealed the deal. I said, never, ever will I send my children on a school bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll do whatever it takes so that doesn't happen to them. <laughs> Little things that come in your way make you think differently. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I hope I hope something I said here today is encouraging to some of a lot of horrible stuff. <laughs> no, we've had we've had. Um, I feel like there's been so many topics touched on and that, like I said earlier, I think there's going to be something here for everyone and something that everyone can take away and be encouraged by and encouraged and brought closer to the Lord. Um, Because uh, all of these testimony, all of these experiences are for God's glory. You know, this is, this is, um, yeah. And so um, I know there's going to be many, many people encouraged and blessed and so I just want to thank you for giving your time Jackie to come on here and um and you know maybe maybe you would just in closing here just reiterate what I have said in a past podcast on you know how your time right now is spent so much you're trying to stream (laughs) with your family and that's why you have you know people like like me and others that are helping you with the podcast to help spread the word to these mamas and to these women and 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 really any anyone who's interested in in these things and let you be with your family Mm -hmm. well I think one thing that it just kind of nudged to say this I'm praying that because I'm going to continue writing but Mm -hmm. you know my family is even way more important than that but the thing that I know I can do is I can write. I can fit right. that into my schedule. Like even if I have to write at one or two or three in the morning. Right. But I would like to ask anybody who really wants to support Deep Roots at Home, <clears throat> excuse me, make Deep Roots at Home like bookmark it or make it like your browser page mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just come directly because I don't know that we're going to really have safe platforms. I know there are some out there, but I'm struggling to find, you know, really another niche. Face, I'm almost hardly being seen on Facebook at all yeah. now, and that's okay. But I think the saving grace, you know, if I do want to continue writing, is I have sometimes two to 3,000 that just come to the blog, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and search the archives. There's so many things in archives, a lot of things we've touched on today. Right. So I would just suggest, you know, if you can do that, um, that would probably be the very best thing. And also, if someone has, we might have to make a way, if somebody has a question, I have thought about maybe doing answering, you know, question and answer time, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People who have short, succinct questions that don't right. have like five different tangents to them, right. you know, maybe be able right. to, to do that. And just, you yeah. Know, deal with three, three or four questions you know, in right. a 20 minute period. 
Yeah, that would be fantastic. And, uh, that might be another thing. But so where that would, gives all of you guys some thoughts. Go ahead. So um, where where would would they send those questions if they have specific ones that they would want to see? I don't about? know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What they you what know, they might do is you have to think about that, Abby. <laughs> they yeah, they might they might um let let me think this through because they might be able to um uh why like don't go to one specific blog post and write them in the comments or something yeah 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 because <laughs> actually so are... they could go they could go to my testimony page which is a low how a low view of myself uh, okay. harmed my family i think is the title of the post and, and we will on put a... my testimony blog then they could just put a question there and if we do this then we can take from those questions Absolutely. I know, that's one thought. That's great. That would be great. And I will put a link to that post in the show notes here at the bottom of the podcast. So that would okay. be wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. <laughs> I have been, I have been personally blessed by this and I know many, many other people are going to be as well. So I just appreciate you. <laughs> All righty. Well, you Aww. have a great rest of the day. Bye for now, everyone. All right. Bye-bye. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time.